Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm Dave Sulecki. I'm Dale Spangler. And this week's guest is USMCA certified riding coach and founder of Radius Off-Road, Rory Sullivan. Moto America is the official sponsor of Pit Pass Moto. Moto America, home of AMA Superbike and North America's premier motorcycle road race series, features 10 rounds and 20 races of the best motorcycle road racing on two wheels. That's seven classes of motorcycle road racing, including Superbike, Supersport, Junior Cup, Stock 1000, Twins Cup, and the ever-popular King of the Baggers and Roland Sands Super Hooligans. Moto America has reinvigorated motorcycle road racing in North America, with one of its primary goals to help send its riders to the top-level international championships. Moto America is not only proud to be stewards of the sport's rich heritage, but also to be a catalyst and guiding force for its future. Don't miss a minute of the action with Moto America Live Plus video on demand streaming. Tickets, info, and a complete schedule can be found at MotoAmerica.com. Follow Moto America on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our industry spotlight this week calls attention to the recent unveiling of the Stark Varg electric motocross bike by manufacturer Stark Future. For a period of two weeks, the Stark Varg was unveiled, ridden, and judged in northeastern Spain by the motorcycle industry media at large for the first time. Over 50 media outlets from across the world gathered in Barcelona to test the future of the sport of off-road motorcycles. Those on hand were impressed by the incredible performance, agility, and handling of what Stark claims is the world's most technologically advanced motocross bike. Stark Varg was created to inspire the motorcycle industry to sustainability by offering superior performance and rider experience to any gasoline-powered equivalent on the market. To learn more about the Stark Varg, look for product tests and motorcycle media outlets worldwide in the coming months. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply.
He's the founder of Radius Off-Road and a USMCA certified riding coach. We'd like to give a warm pit pass moto welcome to Rory Sullivan. Rory, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm uh, back home in White Salmon, Washington. I came back from... Uh, Went from the last round of the Nationals, High Point, to uh, Chicago, left my van there and, and flew home and uh, proceeded to work for about a week and some change. And yeah, it's good to be on a, on a podcast with you guys. So let's talk a little bit about what you have going on. So you, first off, you've raced a ton of different forms of professional dirt bike racing, including, so you've done four ISDE events, you've done Endurocross, GNCC's works, and of course, Pro Motocross which is what we want to talk to you about. So tell us about this new idea you come up with where you're riding to select pro motocross events this year, riding to the event, actually taking part in the race, and then continuing on. So yeah, tell us a little bit about this uh, new idea you came up with. Turned 40 this year. I'm 39 right now. And I just was like, I don't want to be done racing. We had a bunch of weird, you know, two, two weird years. Everything's still weird right now, but I'd say it's less weird where I live. And I was like, I want to go racing again. I want to be active. I want to go commit to something because that's how I'm my internal drive mechanism works is I just need something to kind of chase. And I think that's kind of human nature anyway. So to move on is, uh, I thought to myself, I want to go racing, but I've already done that. You know, I've qualified for outdoor nationals and maybe not set, you know, like I, <laughs> I didn't get a top 20. It doesn't, didn't matter, but I thought I want to do it different this time. I just want to ride. So it's basically everything I'm doing is I love to ride a motorcycle primarily off-road. And so I just want to ride. And so how can I make that more spicy, a little bit more interesting for myself first, and then maybe for the partners, the companies I'm working with as well. So I decided I wanted to ride to the races, race. And it originally started with the idea of racing the same bike. It matured into the fact that I already had a dual sport motorcycle in my garage. And so I'm racing a Cowie 450 and I was riding to the races on a Husky 501. What was the, the real reason behind this idea? Was it to kind of show people what's possible? You know, like to, because to, nobody's definitely done this before where they're riding a motorcycle to the event. They're typically flying there, trying to take the least burdensome way to get to the events. But you chose specifically to ride your motorcycle there. Tell us a little bit more about, you know, how much fun you've had along the way and uh, what it's been like. Anytime you dive into a, a project or a thought like on this, this big of a scale, right? Like outdoor motocross is the, the kind of the pinnacle of moto in the U.S., right? That maybe, you know, on some levels, the world. I'm like, cool, if I can go do an outdoor national and qualify again at 39, turning 40, like, that's, that's great. I know I can do it. I've been a little bit far off. But then I was like, I just sit in a vehicle. And like, whether it's the driver's seat or if I have somebody with me and we, you know, we travel there, I'm like, I just want to ride, <laughs> Like that's, that's all I ever want to do every day. I'm like, where can I go ride? Oh, it's too dusty. Or we have, it's raining. Oh, that's a bummer. Like where, you know, where can I go ride? So I drive to the desert or always finding a way. So I thought to myself, okay, I'll just figure out a really cool off-road primarily route to the races, but I need to get my race bike there. And so I had uh, a filmer, Tristan Trowbridge and my wife travel in the van with my race bikes. And we kind of just leapfrogged and created content based around this. And once again, it's about riding. I just, I really, I started riding when I was like around four years old. I just really love motorcycles. And I think this is something that is very resonating to the every human that is interested in motorcycles. Not everybody's on a higher, higher level of say moto or off-road. Not everybody can go to, to Ayersburg or 
do these hard enduro events or not everybody can race at a high level of moto. And so I thought, what, what is interesting to the every person? And I think that is, is just getting out and experiencing life. If you love two wheels on two wheels. So that's kind of the, the catalyst to it. And I, I view this whole project, which I'm still blown away at the amount of support we received as kind of almost like a pilot. And next year I want to go on a bigger scale, which I'm very excited about. It's a compelling story that you're you're putting together over this period of time, and I, and you know we're, we look forward to seeing how this develops. But I'm I'm curious for you as a, as a racer and a rider, you, you competed in outdoor nationals back in the uh, I think early 2000s up to about 2011 or so, and then took a break. And as you said, you're approaching 40 years old. I'm curious from your perspective, what's changed about motocross from from that era to today? And is it more challenging to get, you know, onto the racetrack? Oh, absolutely. So I last qualified in 2019 and I'll answer your question 100% here, but I'll say I qualified in 2019 and I qualified through the LCQ and I was coming around and there's a corner on the track where I qualified at Washougal, which is my home track, which I will say has no advantage because on race day, it's very, very different than any kind of local event. But I come around this corner and all my family and friends and just people I've known over the years are like cheering for me. And I'm like almost in tears because I'm like, oh, man, it's been a big gap since I've qualified. And then I go, oh, man, I have to go actually out there and race the the motos now. Like it's such a big hurdle for a person in my at my level to get into the show. And then I was like, wow, okay, now I got to go do it. So now current day, 2022. I've done Hangtown, Lakewood, and High Point. And the thing that's very, I would say, synonymous with all the rounds so far is the lips are steeper. And I keep asking myself, is that because I'm getting older? And I just, I'm like going like, that's intimidating. But no, it really is. Like the takeoffs, they feel more like supercross lips. And then I will say in 2019, it was five minutes of free practice. They call it practice, but qualifying, right? They like You have a chance for five minutes to roll around the track, do whatever you want, and then the time starts. This year is you get one lap, you cross the start, finish the finish line, green flag goes, time starts. So I think for everybody out there that can just, you know, kind of put your mind in that space, you're showing up to a track. I hadn't been to High Point since 2005. I could walk the track, I could do whatever, but when it came time to qualifying, it's it's just basically go time. So there's no hesitation. You just have to go. And I think I might be struggling with that a little bit, but the beautiful thing about it, I will say is I'm almost 40 years old and I'm I'm just having a great time and I I don't I'm not a threat or a danger out there. If I make it into one, I'm going to be absolutely excited, but at the same time when I don't qualify, I'm I think I'm just trying to win the fun meter. There's certainly nothing wrong with that. I know uh, as a man of a certain age, I, I, I can definitely relate to, it's like going back to high school when, when you were a little kid, the halls were huge and the lockers were tall. And when you go back, you realize how small the building was. Well, I think motocross kind of has that same impact where when you left it, it wasn't, those jumps weren't as big, those whoops weren't as deep. But now that I'm back here, holy crap, these are large, huge obstacles. What's changed? Is it the venue or me? Yeah, no, it's definitely a a thought that's going through my mind. I'm kind of looking at this year as, and it's so weird to say this out loud. For me, it feels weird to say this out loud, but I'm looking at this year as a building year and not to go, (laughs) like, 
I'm not Ryan Dungey coming off of six years of retirement, or you know, and then getting back in the top five. I've always wanted to break into the top 20. I think I've gotten like a 23rd, 24th in a moto, never broken the top 20, never gotten a national point. And I don't see the age as a hurdle other than, yes, your mindscape changes. And so this project's been so fun covering really cool terrain, going places that I've always wanted to go that I couldn't achieve sitting in the driver's seat or the passenger seat of my vehicle. And I'm like, man, next year, maybe I just want to figure a way to do them all and get an OEM on board. And I've seen this really cool thing happen where my knowledge as a younger rider was like, okay, I need to get sponsors uh, and go racing. And what's my value to my sponsors? What's to my partners or whatever, however you want to look at it. And now doing this project, I see this very unique, almost like a business model where I think there's a lot of value to these companies because the product that they're mainly selling is not just to a A level pro rider. It's to, you know, the whole board, right? I mean, they they just need people out there riding in order to sell product. And I think we kind of found a, maybe a very unique niche here. I'm kind of excited to tap into a little bit and not necessarily for a monetary, uh, from a monetary place for me, but more just, I'm just such a passionate, passionate individual about the sport. I think this is kind of interesting and fascinating. I've always been curious if there's other ways to do it other than the, the normal way. Yeah. It's been interesting for sure. But so like what have been, I'm curious to know what some of the reactions have been from the industry. I think you'd mentioned to me personally that there are a few sponsors that kind of just stepped up out of the woodwork, you know, once they realize what you're doing, they even like, I think television even wanted to, to do a quick interview with you with Ricky Carmichael or something along those lines. But yeah, tell me a little bit more about the reaction and how surprising it's been. So I would say, uh, Dale, I've been, I'm a pretty, I mean, I think if you say you're a humble individual, I think that's kind of, it sounds kind of weird, but anyway, I, maybe a reserved individual. And I just go racing, put my head down. And for years, like I think people thought maybe I was a bit of a, like, a jerk because I just didn't communicate very well. But for me, at, in the early stages, let's call it younger, older Rory. So older being like a long time ago, I was just like, I had to be so hyper-focused. Uh, I have to deal with my competition. And I, if I was friends with them, I'm like, how can I pass them? As I get older, and I think this might be synonymous across the board with people, maybe not everybody, but you find your way. Maybe now I value more the trip across the country and actually stopping and seeing, you know, smelling the roses, if you will. I never asked for a lot of stuff from sponsors just because I was like, I didn't need it. You know, like, okay, four sets of gear would work for the year. I'm, 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 you know, very thankful. And I never really communicated, but I've always like thought about like, oh, what do they need? What they need is to sell product. And so with this whole project, I think I kind of like now started to understand in my later years of racing of, what companies need. And so, yeah, these companies, they, I had really great response from it. And I think it's because of the, the thought of like, they just need to sell product to the normal individual. And that's what I'm doing by riding my bike to the races. I'm just doing a normal, normal thing that maybe not everybody can do, but maybe they dream about doing. And then the show starts if, you know, at the highest level of the race, racing world, are you going to qualify or are you not? So it's kind of a, a multi-layered thing. And some of the companies that jumped on board the largest were actually clients of mine from my, my radius off-road, my, my lessons, my off-road riding school. And they're just passionate, like genuinely passionate about it. And so it was really, really, really cool. And then I do some product development stuff with Fox and 
couple, you know, couple different companies and, and they were on board and excited. And that kind of showed me too, you don't have to be the highest level writer in order to interact with these companies. Like they just need return on investment. Well, I think it goes back to, it's just, it's just a great story. And then I think once people hear about it, they're like, oh, now they want to know more about it. And they're, they're pro- hopefully probably following you. So what a cool idea, like something super fresh that I haven't seen anybody do. So kudos to you on that. I had a few people kind of reference Lyndon Poskett, who's out of the UK, and he did Races to Places. And I actually never thought about that connection when I was kind of thinking about this. It, where for me, it really started was is I wanted to ride from my house in White Salmon, Washington, on a dual sport bike to a race that was over the mountains from my house, about 60, 70 miles away, and then race that it was like a hair scramble race the hair scramble and then come home. But the snow always gets in my way every year. So that's kind of where that started. But how cool, I mean, this guy, Lynn, Lyndon Poskett, I've watched a bunch of his videos. He went and did Dakar, Mo, Moto, I think they call it Moto Mali or Molly, uh, self-supported. Um, he's ridden like a dual sport around the world and gone and done rally races. To me, it's just, it's kind of cool. I mean, I'm blending off-road and moto so my next thought is like next year, I would love to see maybe, I currently ride a Cowie 450. I would love to see some OEM that we could maybe like convert into more of a dual sport, but it's like, say maybe the same model as I'm racing on the moto track and try to nurse it across the country. I think that could be a really fun, fun story. So we'll just see where that goes. Yeah, it definitely seems like there's a lot of directions you can go with it. You know, off-road events, you know, trials, you name it, hill climb, who knows? You know, it could definitely turn into a series. I wanted to ask you to change your directions a little bit because you kind of brought it up. Your main focus during the week is is your business radius off-road where you teach riding techniques. Now, one of the things about you is you're an USMCA, which is United States Motorcycle Coaching Association certified. So what tell us tell our listeners what is the significance of being coached by a USMCA certified coach. Well, the cool thing about the USMCA is they're, you know, off-road moto, they have a, you know, road division of of the the coaching side and basically it gives some validity to it. You do a background check, you know, it's not so much focusing on like checking the boxes if you're skilled enough to coach. It's more just giving like say let's put it in this category like parents have some comfort, right? They're not just maybe sending their kid out with somebody that's maybe not trustworthy, right? So they, it's the same as the skiing background and, and many others. You're just kind of checking some boxes. Man, the value of being coached is you could be a pro-level rider. I mean, in fact, pro-level riders are being coached. You know, whether you're down at the goat farm in Florida, you know, and you have uh, Swanapool coaching or it's Alden Baker, you know, there's on the, the smaller or the entry level side of it, I should say, is like, why would you want to work on bad technique? If you're out practicing every day and you're practicing bad technique, you're building a pretty solid um, <laughs> skill set of, of a bad technique. So I think there's a shifting of the, the mindset in current years. I've seen a huge swing of more people interested or stepping out of their own way. I'm interested in coaching. And so the USMCA has done a great job providing a platform that gives people more confidence to learn. I'm actually working on a project right now with motosport.com in the USMCA and it's called Driven to Ride. And I believe this morning they launched the video where we were down at Fox Raceway and we were coaching. It basically is working on riders that are on two wheels already 
but helping them step out of their own discipline. And so the Fox Raceway project we, we just did was Dakota Norton, and he's a downhill World Cup mountain bike racer. And Jeff Emig, Max Miller, Josh Hansen, and myself helped him step into Supercross, which is a huge, that's a giant step. And it was a really fun project. I think the YouTube video is on motosport.com's YouTube channel. So, I mean, the USMCA, I think they're making leaps and bounds, and there's definitely been some challenges with that, but I think the mindset is shifting. As a rider coach, it really piques my interest to to ask you this question because, uh, you know, you see so many young people trying to learn the sport. Sometimes, you know, kind of like golf, you learn it the wrong way or the right way. Is it tougher to teach the fundamentals of riding, or is it tougher to teach techniques in riding? It is easier to teach the fundamentals. For me, I only can speak from my point of view, easier to teach the fundamentals. It becomes very, very difficult. The faster the rider gets, you have to really focus on, well, first off, they're just traveling faster, so it's harder to see what's going on, right? So if you're new to riding, we can kind of slow things down, literally literally slow things down and uh, just really work on body position and where you need to be and what, you know, what happens, how the bike uh, reacts and you're reactive to it. But the faster the rider goes, if I'm working and I do work with my peers in the pro class, I have to do a lot of slow-mo video work because you just can't see what they're doing unless you break it down on that level. So I would say fundamentals are really important and easier for me to coach. Well, Rory, we could talk to you forever about this subject. Uh, What's next for Rory and Radius Off-Road coming down the road? In these last few minutes, if there's uh, some social media handles and places where people can find you online, such as your riding schools and your lessons, go ahead right now and tell our listeners. First off, th- thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm stoked to talk about the project and I'm excited to see what's going to come down the road with it. I leave tomorrow night and head back to uh, my vans in Chicago and then Red Buds on the weekend. And then my wife and I are going to kind of just take our time to drive back, do an actual old-timer national at Washougal because it's within the two-week window that you can still ride the track. Uh, get a little bit more time on the Washougal track. It'll be prepped completely different. It'll be more hard pack, and then the national will be softer, but still, time on the track's hopeful. So then Washougal nap- national happens after that. And then the rest of the summer, hope to just spend time with my my friends, uh, you know, Joey and Megan Lancaster. They... Uh, they actually came out on the on the the ride to the races project, and Joey dual sported with me to the races. We have a we have a sailboat. They have a sailboat. We'll probably go on the sailboat, and just start planning for the next one. Next year, I'd really like to have be a, a very unique year and kind of I don't know. I mean, I don't want to put too much pressure on it, but like just kind of break the mold of the normal status quo. But we're certainly looking forward to following your progress and. Uh... You know, riding to and racing these pro nationals. And uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting to see. And hopefully, like you said, expand into the future. Well, Rory, again, thank you very much for your time today. We really appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Thanks again to our guests for being with us today. And thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you have a moment, please rate and review our show. We'd really appreciate it. 
Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit pitpassmoto.com, where you can check out our blog and our brand new store where you can get your very own Pit Pass Moto swag. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, producer Leah Haslidge, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. I'm Dave Sulecki. I'm Dale Spangler. See you next week on Pit Pass Moto. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.